I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today's episode is a fun one for moms. We are talking about ways to make our homes feel more kid-friendly for our kids. So there's so much out there about how to make a beautiful home, an organized home, a well-decorated, well-designed home, but there's not a lot out there about kids who live in our home, use our home, and our home quite a bit of their life, especially in those first years. So we want our kids to also love our home, feel safe in our home, and contribute to our homes in a way that make them feel included and important. So we're going to talk about three ways to make our homes more kid-friendly for our kids. Number one, foster independence and build confidence. Number two, make them feel special. Number three, give reasonable boundaries. So that's what we're going to talk about. Here we go. Number one, we want to foster our kids growing independence by putting things where they can reach them. If you want your kids to start dressing themselves, but their underwear are in a top drawer that only adults can reach, it's not going to happen. Or if you criticize every outfit they pick out and you go make them change clothes again because you don't like that outfit that they have, it's not going to be a positive situation. You can instead set up your kid's closet so that the things that they can reach are really the things that you want them to wear. Maybe you have pre-selected their outfits for the week and those are all laid out for them to choose one each day. Or you only hang the clothes that you want them to wear, anything that is for special occasions, is folded up at the top where they can't really reach it or see it anyway. If matching sets really bothers you, maybe you can clip the matching sets together so they know what to grab. If you want them to pick out their own shoes or put away their own shoes, maybe you could have those in an organized way where they could find them. You could also foster independence in the playroom by allowing them access to a reasonable amount of toys and having places where those toys belong so that your kids can always find the toys that they're looking for and they can also clean up and know where to put things when it's time to clean up. If you're always mad that your toddler is dumping out that 1,000 piece puzzle, maybe just don't have that puzzle stored where they can reach it. Things will change as your kids get older and are able to understand rules and expectations, but just be realistic that if your kids are young toddlers, let it be easy. Give them access to things that are okay for them to play with. You can also foster their independence in the kitchen by allowing them to reach their own plates and cups and utensils if that's something you want them to be able to do. They can help you more if you make systems in place that help you help them. Kids typically want independence, and that's one of the jobs as, for us as moms. Like, we love taking care of them, but ultimately they're going to grow into an adult, and it's our job to teach them how to do things for themselves in, like, a loving, patient way. So they want that independence, and they want to do things for themselves, and honestly, it teaches them confidence when they can do things independently. They learn that they can do things, can make decisions for themselves within reasonable limits that you have already placed. 
We talk through this more in depth in our home organization online course. So if you're loving this topic, I really go in depth with one episode per room and we talk about how to make your house work for you and for your kids. It comes with audio lessons similar to this podcast format, but it also includes worksheets, PDFs, videos, and pictures and product recommendations. So check it out if you haven't yet. The course is really just supposed to help you. I offer a 100% money back guarantee. So if you are unhappy for literally any reason, I will refund you. That's how confident I am and how I just want it to be a blessing for you. Number two, we want our homes to make our kids feel special. So I want to find some ways to make my kids feel like this is their home too. This is their safe place. This is a place where they are important. I think one way is pictures in the home. I get it that some people want super designery homes and all the pictures on Pinterest don't really have family photos on the wall. And if that's your jam, that's great. And I'm sure it's so beautiful. But if you can find some ways to squeeze in some family photos to the walls and shelves in your home, I think your kids might love that. Remember a minimalist ish design that I have mentioned before on this podcast is that a few bigger art pieces are sometimes more simple looking and more soothing to the eyes than instead of a tiny, a ton of tiny frames on a shelf or a wall. So maybe entertain the idea of how you can have a few bigger intentional favorite pictures, especially in the main areas of your home. Then in your kid's bedroom, maybe you can have some smaller pictures of them with their siblings, them with their friends or their family, so they can feel special looking at those photos and it makes their room feel more special. We have all these photos stored on our phone, but our kids don't have phones and they don't get to see these photos. So I really think printing them out is really special for them. Another thing I love is to display my kids' artwork. I have seen these simple frames where you can kind of open it up and put some of their art inside it to display the art in a more formal looking way. What I personally do is when my kids bring home artwork or they make it at home, I just tell them how much I love it and I ask them how they feel about it. I ask them to tell me about it, how they made it. I ask them what it is because sometimes it's totally different to them and what they made than what I'm seeing. So I love to hear about it and let them talk about it. Sometimes I even write on the back what they say that it is. If it's something I'm saving, like in quotations, I'll put this is a frog sitting on a leaf in the river. If that's what they told me, especially if like that's not at all what I thought the picture was because I just think that's a sweet memory to have saved their description of it too. Then I file the art in three categories. One, the best stuff I hang up with a thumbtack in their closets in their room. They both have little art galleries in their closet and it is their favorite thing to show people when they come to our house for the first time. The second category is things I want to save that aren't as colorful or whatever. I throw it in a savings box for them. I toss it in there without much thought and then once a year at the end of the school year, I go through what I've tossed in there and then I file it away because I decided it's a lot easier to see the best of the best when you're looking at it all at once and it makes the day-to-day so easy because you're just throwing it in there. The third category is trash. I mean, we just really don't need to save all 3,000 coloring book pages with like two green scribble lines on them. I don't really let my kids see me throw it away, but since I do a good job of saving and displaying things that are special to them, they really don't ask about the one paper with the two green scribbles on it. So um, I would say be discreet about it, but also allow yourself to throw things away if it really is trash. Um, Another fun idea, I got this from my real life friend from college. Her name is Jamie and her Instagram and blog is called Mindfully Gray. Um, She has tons of fun ideas that include kids. It's a lot about home decor, but she has young kids too and she talks about them. So when my son was almost two, I set up these projects that I copied from her and I had multicolored like jewel toned 
paint. It was actually kid safe kid paint, but um, kind of like a special colored one. And then he did a lot of one little page of fingerprint dots and another one of his handprint, which I kind of painted on his hand in an abstract way with different colors before he did the handprint on like a thick cardstock paper. And another one is just totally random squiggles he did with the paintbrush. Um, I or I put some dots on of paint on a thick piece of paper, and I put that in a gallon size Ziploc bag, and I let him squish the paint dots on the paper. And like I said, since I used colors that I had pre-selected, I personally think it looks really cool. It looks like kind of art that you might buy. At least that's what my mom eyes see when I look at it. And I have it on the shelves in my living room, and my son knows that he made those when he was a baby, and we all love it and think it's really cool. I will link to my friend's blog so that you can see a better idea of how to do those that I'm talking about. But I'll also include pictures of my son's real artwork so that you can see it too. Another thing I want to mention is whatever the kids are proud of, I try to make that a big deal. If it's special to them, it's special to me. And, you know, it's not always the same stuff that mean a lot to them that mean a lot to us. So I want them to know that what they think is special, I think is special. So my son has a few medals from his sports teams and we hung those up. My daughter has a trophy from gymnastics. We made a special um, spot on her shelf for that. And another fun thing that my kids love, they both have a treasure box in their rooms where they put things that are special to them, but maybe not the same type of things that I might put in this savings box that I keep for them. So like, you know, maybe their birth footprints or something are in my special box, but then little rocks they picked up on our walk actually go in their treasure box because they are the ones that think those are so special. Several of you have heard me talk about treasure boxes on the podcast and social media and have told me that you have set those up for your kids after my mentioning it and that your kids and you love it so much. And that just makes me so happy. I love hearing the things that you guys love. So thanks for reaching out if that was you. Another thing my friend did is that she said she was inspired by my closet art galleries, but she made a little gallery of her daughter's dance trophies and medals and plaques all hung up on the inside of her closet. And she said her daughter loves it and it feels so special to her. So that's another fun idea. If your kids are beyond the toddler age, maybe you could also display, you know, their real art or their medals or whatever inside their closet just kind of has a feeling of like a room that's really special to them because it can be closed. And also like if you care that the room looks tidy and clean and you don't like the look of kids art on every single wall or whatever it is, it's just kind of special to have it in a closet. So just throwing that out there to just feel free to interpret however works for your family. And number three on this podcast today, decide reasonable boundaries. So as a mom, we are going to decide what is worth telling our kids not to touch or mess with and what isn't. We're going to give clear boundaries for our kids and stick to them. Kind and firm like everything else in parenting. I personally in our homes, I err on the side of setting my house up to be kid friendly and have less things that I don't want them to touch because I like for them to live their lives and I don't like to constantly be chasing them and telling them not to touch stuff. But I think it's perfectly fine and good for some things to be off limits, especially as your kids are older toddlers and young kids and able to understand those things. If your kid is 18 months old, don't be thinking that they are a bad kid who can't follow directions if you tell them not to touch certain things and they are touching it all the time. It's expected at that age for the child to really want to touch things that you said don't touch. So just put things out of reach for young toddlers or lock it with childproofing locks. Just make it easier on yourself. But as your kid gets to be three, four, five, in my experience at least, they are way more able to understand boundaries and limits and it's good for them to learn those things as they are able to. Like I said, this is just my personal experience I'm speaking from. 
If before you had kids, you had a collection of breakable figurines on a low shelf, probably just do yourself a favor and box those up for a few years or put them somewhere that I can't reach instead of spending their whole toddlerhood chasing them around, telling them not to touch breakable figurines and being like devastated if something does in fact break. I also think setting up some safety things is a great idea to make your house more kid-friendly. Anchor furniture that can be tipped over, like especially tall dressers and tall bookshelves that kids might be inclined to climb. It can be so dangerous. So you can buy anti-tip kits or anchor kits. And literally, it's just like screw something in the wall, screw something in the top of the cabinet, and it won't tip over. It's so easy and so cheap and just do it. You can also child lock doors that you don't want them to get into. Or obviously, if you have a pool, just put up the fence, pay the money. Um, You may think that you can pay perfect attention to the child and always keep them safe. And when you have one kid, maybe you can. But I can almost guarantee that you will take your eyes off your precious children more than you think once you have more than one kid. It's just impossible sometimes. And as they get older, they have more trust and more freedom. So setting your home up to be as safe as possible for them so that you can have peace of mind and that they can live there comfortably it's just a good idea. Set, um, Give them reasonable boundaries and set them up to have fun and safe time at their own home. One more thing on the topic of reasonable boundaries, we want our kids to contribute to the family and have jobs or chores that are reasonable. We don't want to just let our kids dump toys out and break things and never learn to take care of their home and help the family. So I do think that setting up systems makes this possible for them. We may not want to have 4,000 toys out all at once in the playroom because they're all 4,000 going to get dumped out on the floor and that may be too hard for them to put away. Maybe having less toys in general or rotating toys or having clear labels in places where toys clearly belong that the kids will be more able to know how to clean up. We talk a lot through more ideas like that in other rooms of the house too in the home organization online course. Our course was created for moms to set up their homes to serve their families and let their lives be as easy as possible. So, A lot of online courses do not offer a money-back guarantee, and I'm just really proud to offer that to you guys, and I want it to be a blessing to you. So check it out at CourtneyLundin.com. Podcast listeners get 20% off code that's not posted anywhere, and the code is podcast20. That's all I have for today. I hope it was helpful to you. I want to give you guys a mom hack today, which I've mentioned on my Instagram a while ago. This is a phrase that always saves the day with young toddlers, and the phrase is wiggle push, wiggle push, wiggle push. And also wiggle, pull, wiggle, pull, wiggle, pull. You know how toddlers go to move when they are doing anything is to just push with all their might. And then things don't work out. Your kid's frustrated at crying and you just end up doing it for them. Well, next time they're trying to put on their shoe or fit a puzzle piece in the puzzle or pull out a drawer that's caught and stuck, tell them you can do this. Wiggle, pull, wiggle, pull and kind of show them how to wiggle it when they're pushing or pulling. It almost always works. I've been saying this to my kids forever, and I heard my two-year-old daughter saying it to herself the other day, and it made me feel so happy and proud of her that she was able to recall those words and in turn do it for herself, building that independence and confidence. I think this phrase teaches them that they are able to do so many things for themselves. So try it next time. You'll be surprised how often this phrase fits into your life. Wiggle push, wiggle push. I hope it helps. Before we close, I would love to say a little prayer for you guys. Dear Lord, thank you for these listeners. Thank you for their hearts towards being parents that enrich their children's lives, make their kids feel special and safe at home. What a blessing that is that we can provide that for our kids. These blessings are not lost on us, Lord. We are so grateful. Let all we do be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want more of the Elevate Motherhood podcast, find us on Instagram. I'm able to share a bit more there than I am on the podcast. 
Also, Elevate Motherhood has a blog and a Pinterest, so check us out there too. I will share those links in the blog post for the show notes for this episode. Thank you for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood.